You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Rabbi Yoshev on the Parsha, and as I said earlier, uh, this is the Parsha of Shiduchim. Rabbi Yoshev was asked that a bochor learns strong, he comes to the Seder, but he doesn't go to the davening in the yeshiva. Um, what does that mean? The yeshiva davening is seven in the morning. And he davens at eight, the shtiblach. I have to say that when I first came to the Mir Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, um, it was the biggest simcha for me to daven in the Yeshiva. I remember my first morning in Eretz Yisrael, walking all the way up from Rachov Strauss, um, down to Kikr Shabbat. Maybe you know where I'm talking about. <laughs> down Rachov Strauss to Kikr Shabbat, I made a right turn onto uh, the street, Malchi Yisrael, which turns into uh, Rehov Meir Sharim. And right when it becomes narrow, the turn to the left was Rehov Beis Yisrael that took me down to the Mir Yeshiva. And that was one of the biggest feeling of simcha I had in my whole life was walking in Yerushalayim that morning and walking to Shul and davening in the great Yeshiva and how slow they davened, and how deliberately they davened. But after a while, I started davening in the shtiblach. I figured, oh, you know, the, the, the davening in the shiva takes twice as long. I get to sleep a little bit more going to the shtiblach. Plus, the shtiblach, on the way back, you would stop in the makolet. And in the makolet, you would be able to get a shoko. Uh, you would be able to get a, a, a bull, a bag of a, not a bag, it was like a, it was like a roll, and they cut a piece of cheese on it. So, and many of my friends who we learned in the yeshiva, we loved and we were, we were there, but we didn't daven in the yeshiva. We davened around. So, that was the question they asked Rabbi Yoshev. Is that the type of thing that you could say over? Does that indicate there's something wrong? Let's see what Rabbi Yosha's answer was. I'm a little bit scared. He says, it really depends, Rabbi Yosha said. Why is it that the Bochar davens in the Shtiblach? It's if it's because he's up late at night. And therefore, to get up at 6 or 6.30, to get to 7 o'clock minion is difficult. But... He davens in the shtiblach, but he davens nicely there. Then you can't blame him. Okay, so he doesn't go to the yeshiva to daven. Part of the reason is because he's staying up night and learning. Okay, that was that was that was true for me. But if it's because he just wants a quick davening, he can't take the the shleppy davening in the yeshiva. So what does that mean? That means that davening is tzioitzazain. I want to be yitzah davening. And therefore, that is the type of thing that wouldn't be Lashonara to speak about, then maybe you should be worried that Tfilo is not so essential in that person's life. 
What about, they asked Rabbi Yosha the following question. Um, they found out, they were trying to discover about a bocher for Shaduchim, and they found that he was a, um, a mas, a masmid, but he's not involved in Musr. He doesn't, in fact, when there's a Musr Seder, I don't know, Moshe, I'm sure you remember when you went to, uh, you told me, you, you didn't you tell me you were in Arius Row? I think you did, right? I think, right? You told me, I believe so, for a while. And and you probably know from the Yeshivot, Musr Seder is very important. 15 minutes before, sometimes in, in some Yeshivot, it's 25 minutes. 15. He, 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 he didn't stay for Musr Seder. So, he says, it it's true. There was a time where Hashem said you didn't need to learn Musa. And you can become a Godel. The person leaves for Musa Seder, he's not learning Musa at all. He says that he believes is a problem. He says today, even though Rav Chaim Brisker himself, and others felt you didn't have to learn a Musr Sefer. What could you do instead? Um, you could learn Medrash, Pirkei Ovos. Do you have to learn a Sefer Musr? That's, that's, it's, it's not necessarily a Sefer from the, from Chazal. Do you need to learn Musr in every yeshiva? There are people who felt it took away from Limit Atayra. He says, today, that was a fight in the 19th century. And it was true, some people became great without Musr. Because it's impossible without Musr. Okay, it could be Orchus Sadiqim. Remember, uh, we, at a time before COVID, we were learning Orchus Sadiqim every night. For some people, it's Mesilas Yishorim. Rav Yoshev tells us that if a bocher, when he's young, does not learn Musr, eventually when they get married, they have a family, there's going to be problems, he says. Not nef, definitely, but it could clearly be problems. Why? Because if you don't learn Musr, you don't know what that means to blame yourself. You remember last week, on election night, I mentioned from Rav Shach, how Rav Shach says you have to stop blaming other people and turn yourself inward. Rav Yoshev says, someone who doesn't have a Musr Seder, everything that happens, he thinks, he blames other people. He doesn't know how to turn the spotlight on himself. And if that's the way the person thinks, he develops that way. He becomes part of his personality. He gets used to it. People don't want to challenge that person. He digs his heels in, never admitting that he can be wrong about things. That could be, Rav Yoshev says, the cause of many severe problems. If you learn Musir, 
you you know how to talk to yourself and you realize how you're weak. Now, Rabbi Yoshev said, maybe you don't have to learn it every day. But there has to be some Musr Seder in that young man's life. So they said they told they told Rebel Yoshev the when they asked about him, the, the boy learns Kuzari, which of course is the classic philosophic work from Rabuda Levi. It's anti-philosophy, actually, but it tells about mitzvos. It's a beautiful sefer. It's hard to learn. It was written in Arabic, and there's a number of different translations. Rabbi Yoshev says, I know about the kuzari. The kuzari is not musr. What about, they said, okay. He goes and he listens to the mashkiach, though. When the mashkiach gives a shmuz, he listens. So, Rabbi Yoshev says, sometimes you could sit there and it doesn't mean anything. Um, it has to make a difference. I remember that um, Chaim Kanievsky, the son-in-law of Rabbi Yoshev, uh, also spoke about what does it mean uh, to study Musar. And um, Rabbi Chaim definitely felt that children especially as they're growing up, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, um, you should learn with your children Sifre Musa. Um, and that doesn't just mean to lecture them, Rav Chaim said. You need to teach them. Um, and, 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 and when you teach them, it needs to really penetrate. Um, in fact, he said... When people come to Rav Chaim with problems, discipline problems with their children, he says sometimes even with children as young as seven, he said if you learn Musr with a child, it can change things. It can really affect the child. Now, he says you should learn. Now, of course, we learned Orchid Sadiqim as, as adults, but he says that's a good safer to learn with children and also to do it every day, even five minutes, and not, and to make sure you do those five minutes. Now, um, uh, I just want to point out that Chaim was asked about it um, because the Mishnah Brura in the very beginning of Simon Aleph says that you need to learn Sifrei Musa every day. Because anybody who's bigger than Chaveiro Yitzro Godoli Menach. But when they asked Rav Chaim he said, you don't need to be to learn specifically Sifri Musr. Kigam b'gemora u'medroshim yeshloi ma'at maimore Musr v'teichocha ismichazal ha'kteishim. You could get Musr from Agadita. You could get Musr from a Likut of Divrei Chazal. And if you learn Chazal properly, that itself changes you to want to act as a better person. 
even as just as well as Sifrei Musar Akvuim. However, you need to know yourself. What changes you? If someone loves Agadita, he loves learning about the stories of the Amaroyim. And when he learns them and understands them, Reb Chaim says, that makes him feel energized for Avodis Hashem. So he doesn't have to learn Mesilas Yesharim, or Shari Tshuva, or Reishas Chochma. And in fact, Reb Chaim himself, Unlike the Mishnah Bura, who says to learn Sifri Musar, and unlike Rabbi Yoshev, who said, you got to learn Mesos Yisharim, you got to learn the book that isn't just Chazal and figuring out the Medrash with the Marshal. You've got to learn a book that talks to you, that actually beats you over the head, that, 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 that speaks to the psychology of the person. Rav Chaim, as I'm showing you, disagrees with his father-in-law, at least for himself. Because what is he? Right? It's from Chazal Midrashim. In fact, Rav Yoshev's grandchildren, who are Rav Chaim's children, Rav Chaim did not learn with them, but open Kavua B'Sefer Musa. And that's the fact. He, he learned with his children, but not Sifrei Musa. And therefore, um, Rav Chaim, however, said that his father, the Stipler, did take out a Musa Sefer, one of the classics. However, the Chazonish, his uncle, he said, Leiro'o Shalomad B'Kviyus B'Sifrei Musa. It's not that the Chazanish didn't know what the Mesos Yisharim wrote, but it's not like he learned every day, I've got to learn Musa. Um, again, I think you're seeing here between Rebel Yoshev and the Chazanish and Chaim Kanievsky a subtle difference. Um, and we're all looking for what the magic bullet, so to speak. And I think a person needs to be honest with himself what it is that can work. Let's go back to Rebel Yoshev. We talked about a boy. They asked once Rebel Yoshev about the girl, because this is in this week's parsha, Yitzchak is looking for Rivka. He says, with a girl, the main thing is Midoistoivis is the first thing. And Hashkofoistoivis. Now, I don't know, can you medayik from Rebel Yashiv? I think I can. Midais is more important than Ashkafa. I Again, girl, kids don't want to hear this. But Midais Taifais are more important than the Ashkafa that they have. Absolutely. We learn it from our... Rivko had great Midos, but she came from a place that wasn't so great. So, but we don't know what her Ashkafa was, right? So she right because like, she's around all this. But you I would mean, assume it, you would assume yeah, her Ashkafa was a little bit off, right? Or, or she was raised in a little off area. <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, uh, 
one of the things we spoke about in our previous uh, uh, tonight was the significance of a baskoyin. What about what the Gemara in Pesachim speaks about a basta on The Gemara says a person should give up everything he owns and try to marry a basta on Anyway, a person should do what he can to try to marry a basta on Why? The Gemara says, not just because she'll know how to run a house, which is also true, which is what Rabbi Yashiv is going to say, but the Gemara says, Because if you're not there, she can take the reins. Yabasamaritz doesn't know what to do. She's dependent on you. Now, Rebel Yoshev was once asked, a girl goes to Beis Yaakov, and she's learned, she, her father, her husband, her, her father is a greengrocer, he never had a chance to learn, he's not really a Talmud Chacham, but you look at her, should you treat her like a Bas Talmud Chacham? Rebbe Yoshev said, of course. What is the Bas Talmud Chacham? That they know what Taira Chinuch is. Many times the main trainer for the children in the house is the wife. So, even though her father's not a Talmud Chacham, she knows what to do. However, Rebbe Yoshev said, usually though, there's certain subtleties that you miss if you didn't see it at home. If, if it all came from the seminary, it's not exactly the same, Rebbe Yosha felt. Um, there's something about seeing it happen, Lamaisa. Rebbe Yosha said that the Chazanish said, though, yes, the Chazanish did say it, because the Chazanish was talking about a very good seminary, a Beis Yaakov seminary. But it's still not exactly the same. They asked Rebbe Yoshev, but do you really need to spend so much, like, 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 like to to give up so much parnosa to get a bastal mitchocham? It says you have to sell everything you own to get that type of shidduch. Why would you have to? If you need to, you should oh, go so you, far. Just be willing. So first Rebbe Yoshev said, well, look, there's a big machlekes whether we have real Talmud HaKomim today who really know Shas, who know how to learn as well as they did. So to tell the person that he needs to actually spend so much money on plane trips, let's say, uh, to go out with this girl or whatever it is, um, or to pay for the, whatever it is, it's a big Shiloh. Um, so, so does that mean you don't have to uh, spend all your money? He said, I'm not going to say you have to spend your money, but probably um, what that means is, is that um, you should try very hard. Now, they point out in a footnote in this, in this alone, that um, this was a question that was asked 
from the um, the, the Kloisenbergers, the, the Rebbe of Kloisenberg today, uh, Kloisenberg Zanz, went to uh, ask uh, the Rebbe Yoshev this question about um, when he was referring to uh, this, this, this wedding question. Now, when the son asked the son of the Kleisenberg asked the question, he pointed out to Rebel Yoshev that the Gemara says, But the Shorchan Aruch says, So even though the Gemara says you need to spend money and lose money and, 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 and therefore sacrifice and not have the same parnasa, really that's what we're talking about. If you'd marry this daughter, of this businessman, you'd live much better. If you're married here, you're not going to have money. So if you learn, if you go like the Rambam, the Rambam says, I don't care if it means you're going to make less money. You you should get a Bastal Chacham. But the, the Shulchan Aruch says, Yishtadel. So, what does that mean, Yishtadel? Yishtadel must mean that it's not as strong as the Rambam that you have to sell everything. So that could be what Rebel Yoshev meant when he said, Yishtadel. It's not the halacha the way it used to be, because we're not sure if we have Talmud HaChachamim like we did, but you still need to find someone who is Mitsuyan in Torah, and hopefully that one's daughter will be the type of person you'd like to get married to, that you shouldn't want to get married to. Um, um, that was once when he spoke about it. Uh, the Gemara in, in Psachim, however, says if you can find the Bas Talmud Chacham, which is Lachorah today, if we don't have them, you should have a Godel Ador. Now, that doesn't mean Rabbi David Feinstein. That means someone who's involved with, in the community, if you can't find a Godel Ador, it should be the person who's Rosh Knisiot. You can't find Rosh Knisiot, the Gabai, the daughter of the Gabai. You can't find the daughter of the Gabai, it should be the daughter of the one who teaches the small children in school. So what does that mean? A Godel Ador in the Gemara Psalchim does not mean, like I said, Rabdavid. It means someone who everyone knows does chesed. That's called the Godel Ador in chesed. That's what the Gemara Pesachim means. And that's what his Hanhoge is, Hanhoge Teva. And that's Mashpi on the bias. Again, we speak about Rabbi David Feinstein, Zatzal, the chasodim that he did in listening to people and spending time with people and caring for people um, was incredible. And that's what he said himself we talked about Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Rav David was su- such an honor. Even though everybody was coming to him, Rav David Feinstein, and asking him the, the most difficult shilas, uh that had to do is, can you use this shaver? Can you use this refrigerator on Shabbos? Um, and, 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 and he knew exactly. People came to him with the most complicated fertility questions. And, 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 and Rav David 
knew exactly what was going on in terms of medicine, and he even knew how medicine and things had changed since the time that his father, the great Degris Meshach, Meshach Feinstein, had paskened. But Reb David said about himself, I'm, I can't, I'm not in the league of Reb Chaim Kanievsky. That's what Reb David Feinstein said. He said, I can't do what Reb Chaim Kanievsky can do in learning. But when I hear that Reb Chaim Kanievsky, who cares so much about every second of learning, is involved in chesed, he said, that's something I can also try to be like. And that's how you can be a godel, a door as well, with your learning, is to be mashpia in chesed to others. And, and that is what can, that's, that'll obviously, a woman, a girl who comes from such a family will raise a different type of child. And Rashi Knisios also means that. So what does it mean, a godel ador? Godel ador means they're working with people everywhere. A Rosh HaKneset means, oh, in this shul, a Godel Ador takes people in from everywhere. No matter if they're a member or not, where they come from, whether they saw them, that's the Godel Ador in Chesed. Gabayt Stoka. Okay, I'll give you money, but am I going to spend time with you? Am I going to do other type of Chasodim? That's why Gabayt Tzedakah is less. Gabayt Tzedakahs are, are very important. Giving money to people is crucial. But chesed is a lot more than just giving money. Um, it's, 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 <laughs> Rab David, uh, there was a person who uh, had helped Rab David. Rab David heard that and he had helped Rab David in a certain way. And he knew the person had a birthday coming. So Rab David Feinstein took this fellow out to the prime rib restaurant in Manhattan. Because he knew that uh, he found out that's what the person liked. He wanted to give him a karasatev. And can you imagine how he felt <laughs> that he went with, with, with the, with the, with the Paisek Adar, this, this fellow to the prime rib restaurant with Rabdovid. Because that was known as the top restaurant. And Rabdovid wanted to give him the birthday present to make him feel uh, significant. That's what a is. And you're right, a is collects money and has money. When 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 Art Scroll was just starting, um, they uh, now Art Scroll go go to Rawway. <laughs> You'll see what it is. I haven't been there yet. Maybe you've seen it, but it's they have the huge, uh, huge uh, campus. The huge, uh, it's full of everything. But in the beginning, Art Scroll was in the rocky waters. They weren't sure. They published. They 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 weren't sure they, the money they would take to to publish the Gemaras. They had published a couple of the Sfarim on, on Megillas Esther, and now the the were so great that uh, there was a question of Art Scroll closing down. So, Rav David Feinstein's Talmud was Mayor Zlatowitz, the founder of Art Scroll. Rav David Feinstein went and emptied his total savings from his bank account and gave it to Mayor Zlatowitz and said, look, I'm going to write you the check for everything I have here. I'm sure, it'll, I'm sure it's going to work out. 
because Zlotowicz and, and, and Sherman had already mortgaged their homes. They had no money left. There was a question of the build of the whole business closing. That's much bigger than a Gavite stalker. Anyway, that is uh, about okay. So that's going back to Rebel Yoshev. That's that is what a person should be looking for. Um, the uh, the following question came to Rebel Yoshev. The Gemara, we talked about this last week. You might remember about Shemer Shoyim. The Gemara said that Rava Bar Urfran, the Gemara, Tysus and Megillah says that even though it says Rava Bar Ephron, you should change the Girsa. Because it's no way that an Amoira would ever be called Ephron. Why? Because Ephron was a Russia. Shemer Shoyim Yirkav. So it must be that the, there's the Gears and the Gemara is wrong. We don't find any tzaddikim called Ephron anywhere. The only Ephron we have is the one who tried to rip off Avram Avinu. So there was a Kava Balitz Shuva. The narrative stroke, can you imagine? He gave his cow, he gave his daughter the name Izevel, Izevel. Um, of, that was the name of the Kava. Of the girl. So now, should we go to the base Knesset and have her name changed? So Rabbi Yosha went through this question again. And he said, you could say that it's only usher to give a name of a Russia if the person liked that Russia. It's, oh, I like uh, Mussolini. Oh, I like Stalin. I'm going to name my son after Stalin. I'm going to name my son after uh, Omri the Mela, who was the Russia. That you could say is usher because you know who the Russia is and you want your child to have that name. But let's say, uh, not because you know who Izebel is, and you know who, which, that she was the power behind the throne of, with Achav. You like the way it sounds. Izebel. Izebel. It sounds so beautiful. It could be that's not considered getting the name of a Russia. However, you look at Tysus. Why did Tysus have to say that change the Girsa? There's no way anybody in the time of Chazal would ever give a name Ephron. Do you think that Rabba's father liked Ephron? The Rabba's father thought Ephron was a good wheeler-dealer and he wanted to give his son, uh, Ephron's father wanted to give him that name? Uh, obviously, it wasn't after Ephron. Still, Taisu says that you shouldn't have a name of a Russia, even though you didn't even know that that name was the name of a Russia. That's not the name you want to have. Therefore, you see that it might make sense, Rav Yoshev says. Um, you should go to the shul and give a clap and say, her name is no longer Izevel. What about, we know that Avram in this week's Parsha tells the Eved that if you can't find her, 
The shvuah is off. But I'm making a shvuah to go find the girl from the right place. Don't take from Benayis Kanan. There was an actual story that occurred between a boy and a girl that were relatives with each other. I'm sorry, neighbors with each other. The father of the boy saw, oh, I like that girl, the next door neighbor's daughter. She seems smart. She has good midos. And the girl's father saw, oh, that boy, he's, he's, he's sharp. Looks like he likes to learn. So once over the fence, the parents were talking. They said, you know what? This would be great. We're neighbors. The kids could grow up. They could have a bayishol teira. It's going to be great. And they shook hands on it. And more than that, they took a shavua that the son would marry the daughter. What happened? The kids grew up. And even though they might have played together or known each other a little bit as kids, now they're not interested in each other. And they're going out. The parents remembered, remember we took a shavua that they should get married. Rebel Yoshev, the question came to Rebel Yoshev. We said, look, you took a shavua. You can't make a shavua on your children like this. You can't make a shvuah, especially since they're already older. You can't make a shvuah that forced them to be married. What did the shvuah mean, even if it meant anything, Rabbi Yoshev said? It meant that you would do whatever it t- takes to try to influence your son to marry that girl. Maybe it also meant that you would promise a decent amount of money. In other words, the father of the bride. Or maybe the father of those uh, would say that if you marry this girl, I'll, ba- I'll back you and give you some money. And maybe the girl's father meant that he'll do whatever he can to try to convince his daughter to marry this boy. So that the shvuah is there. They, they're going out. Your Shavuah, Rebel Yoshev said, demands that you try to suggest as strong as possible that they should get married and to do what it takes. Now, if you try, you say, I can support you. They seem to be a good couple. They seem to be a good boy, a good girl. Do it. But the kids say, no, I'm not interested. So the Shavuah is over. Rebel Yoshev said, what did Avram say to Eliezer? He said, if you can't be Makayimit, you try. What's the Shvuah? The Shvuah was, try your best to have, make it happen. You're not able to? The Shvuah is not how? The same thing over here. And therefore, they are Mechuyiv to do something, because they did say it, but they're not Mechuyiv to stand so firm and break any other marriage that could happen. In this week's Parsha, we learn out from the end of the Parsha, that Rivka traveled behind the men and not the other way around. Rabbi Yechanan said, what do you see from there? Achure Ari, the low Achure Isha. 
people don't care about this. There's a question whether how relevant this is today and in a big street where you're not directly behind the girl. But this still is a halacha that people need to know about. Not to walk in the street following and, and, and behind a woman. Um, the Shlach Kodesh, Rebel Yoshev pointed out, says that even if you're blind and you can't see the form of the woman in front of you, it's still usher to walk behind her. Why? Because the Gemara, the Gemara, the Shlach says, says that there's a Gemachlekes, how was man created? One Mandamer says that when man was first created with woman, it was half man, half woman. One was on one side, one was on the other. So the Gemara in Brochus asks, if that's true, how did they know how to walk? Like they were like Siamese twins. <laughs> Who led? So Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak in the Gemara says, Mistabra de Begavra you see that probably the man led. Why? Because we know from this week's parsha, a brisa that tells us you're, it's, it's, you shouldn't be walking after a woman, even if she's your wife. Now, Rav Yoshev points out, if it's true that it was Adam on this side, Chava on this side, and they were walking, he didn't see her. Because he's walking this way. He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head. Still, the Gemara says that it's called Ahureisha. So that's why the Shulah Kodesh said that the same thing is true with a Summa. Now, Rabbi Yashav pointed out, if you can see, it must, again, if you know the person is behind you, you could imagine them and feel them in a way, and you know what they look like. But if you're mamish blind, even the shlo would admit that the blind person doesn't have to worry as far as that goes. In this week's parsha, we're told, Rabbi Yoshev points out, that Avram was a zokein boy bayomim. He really seemed old. Um, Chazal say to Avram Avinu, no one appeared old. The Gemara says when Avram Avinu came into the world, he was Mavakish Rachamim, and then there was Zikna. Avram Zok in Baybayomim. Yaakov was illness, Richard. Yaakov asked for people to get ill. Avram asked for people to look older. Yeah, that's fair, yes. Now, now, um, what did it mean that Avram asked for Zikna? In the rest of the world, people think looking older and, and, and appearing older. And let's say even what you're saying, Yaakov asked for illness. I'm going to say 
it wasn't just that he looked old. His body did get weaker, but not necessarily ill. So, for most people, being in such a state, Rebbe Yashem says, is terrible. What are you? You're finished. You're old. No one cares about you. You're marginalized. Listen to what I'm saying. It wasn't magic. Rebbe Yashem's not learning the Gemara Kipshutai that Avram... Asked God to make people look old. That's not the pshat in the Gemara. <laughs> That's what you learn when you're a kid. Rabbi Yoshev said what it meant was people did get old, but everyone hated it. Zikna was like, didn't mean anything. It was like, he's finished. Throw him out already. He's useless. He's already, he's ready to get to the grave. When Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu said, no, zikna means something. That's what it means. Ad Avram Lehoya zikna means people didn't even want to know about it. It was like this ugly thing that people were, were, were embarrassed about. When Avram Avinu came, he said, no, zikna means something. When someone is a zokin, it means that he gets more chokhmah. If someone is a zokin, and because it's not, people realize he can't be out in the field all day, that means he can spend more time studying on Taira and Aveda. They have the Einig and the Das. They understand things. Their life experience helps them. Rebel Yosha. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Does ahead. it follow through with the other of us, the Yitzchak, where you serve him? And, and, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, it's a beautiful shot. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean like they changed the world. They recognized there was a significance into it. Right. It was a good thing. It wasn't a bad that thing. That it could be something good. And it wasn't something that society was like, ooh, I don't want to know about that. Right? Um, and that's what, by Simchas Beis Shueva we say, Ashrei Ziknaseinu, why? Because now that we became older, that's a kapara on so much we did when we were young. Rabbi Yoshev says so many things you learn from life. Rabbi Yoshev will live to be 102. A lot of things you learn from life. And through getting older, you see much more. And you can see through your whole life experience and you see things that you thought were so important, you realize how insignificant they are. That's what Avram taught the world about Zikna. The way he carried himself as a Zokain showed them what Zikna meant, that that's what Zikna means. They asked Reb David to take a picture of him and his wife she should be longer yore and she's still alive, Baruch Hashem. To see what it is, how he took care of her and how they were so happy together. This is Zikna. See what Zikna is? Yeah, a walker. But how he takes care. Simchas Achayim. Rav Bender said, this picture can teach Sholem Bais. This picture can teach what it means, contentment. In life, 
And that's what, again, is, you know, up until very recently, he was still stark and learning. And Enochinami, he wasn't the Gabbai anymore in the base Medrash. He wasn't running around and picking stuff up. He had other people doing that. But that gave, people saw in, in, in these type of Zikainim, they see the type of, the, what it means. Adavram Farkert, it makes you not scared of death. It makes you realize what 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 it means to get older and what type of brachas there are in store for you. So, have a good job. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.